3: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Danae and I are super excited to talk about the fact that we
0: have our first in-person retreat coming up this January. Uh, The first week, actually, January 2nd through 7th in Carefree, Arizona. It's going to be a stunner.
3: This retreat is happening at Sivana Retreat, which is like, I could not be more excited for this. I know. It's so beautiful, so luxurious. And, you know, I feel like we have been so hungry to come together in community for certainly over a year now. And, you know, we were really committed to like, we want to do this in a way that feels safe for everyone and in a way that we can really hold some therapeutic containing work, um, but also really create community in a way that all of us have been so hungry to feel it for so long now.
0: Yeah. And if you guys are listening to the podcast, then you know what Danae and I are about, right? You know that we are all about getting in there, deep diving, getting beneath the surface. And so we're going to bring together, it's basically going to be a week of us bringing together all of the deepest, most integrative work that her and I do on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm. So we're going to be doing shadow work. We're going to be doing inner child work. We're going to be talking about the mother wound. We're going to be you know, getting in and digging out old codependent relationship behaviors and patterns. I mean, there is so much that we are packing into this week. Oh Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Thematic healing work and, you know, we're going to dive into masculine and feminine dynamics, which we're obsessed with. But, you know, to me, this is really going to be like us supporting you in leveling up, you know, not only your spiritual tools and your toolkit in general, but you know, how you want to enter 2022, right? Yeah. How can you learn
0: to live from the most authentic place or the mm-hmm. most authentic space that you possibly can. That is really our hope to be able to give you the tools to do that in the best way that you can.
3: I love it. This is from self abandonment to inner belonging, the intensive, like you said, V, January 2nd through 7th in Carefree, Arizona. Join us.
0: Yeah. It's on uh, my website, VanessaBena.com backslash retreats. We are basically beaming and kind of like buzzing right now and feel as though we just left church. So I'm hoping that that is how you all
3: feel after hearing this conversation that you're about to hear. Yeah. It's like, we're floating on love right now after this conversation, like hope and inspiration and um, where this world is headed. Like this guest is just all of that. He embodies that in such a beautiful moving way. I just, I'm obsessed
0: You know, every once in a while, I think it's really important to, okay, I'm going to speak for myself here. I Mm. tend to be a very, um, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, I guess I just tend to be very like factual left brain, right? Like linear. It's just like the way that I am. It's also part of my defense structure. I get it, but it's really important. I think for my soul sometimes Mm. to, to touch base with people who have an innate sense of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, this guest is incredibly educated. Right. And, and I'm not in any way taking that away from him, but what he speaks to, it comes from such a deep, like profound knowing that I think for me, it's important to like, remind myself that those people are out there, you know, that it doesn't have to always be something that's backed up by book.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I feel like he is such a beautiful example of you know what feels like a channel to me is the yes. only way that yes. I can describe him. Perfect, you watch, like I think both of us were watching him at certain points while he was speaking, and he is such in like deep flow space as he's talking about yeah. the world, and it feels like you are listening to like like a prophet or someone who's mm-hmm. like speaking mm-hmm. to things in a way of like this is what we need to understand, yeah. and it's so moving, and every part of your soul is just like yes, um, and you're right, like that is not something that that can be taught. That is not something that can be taken from a book. Mm -hmm. It is just um, something that he is channeling from source, something that comes from something bigger, I believe.
0: Well, and I think how you know that it's something profound is the feeling that it stirs up in you, right? Because I think there are plenty of people out there that can just go on and on and speak from somewhere internal. And I think if you pay attention to the feeling that's coming up from within you as mm-hmm. you're connecting to what it is that they're giving you, I think that's when you know whether or not it's it's coming, it's a channel, whether or not it's coming through something like source or whatever word you want to use, right? When the feeling that you have and-, and I don't know, guys, might be biased, might be giving a little bit away here, but like this feeling of just like love and radiation that comes when you're sitting with somebody Mm. like this, that to me is when, you know, that it's just something bigger
3: than them as a human,
0: you know? Yes.
3: Buckle up guys. We talked about it a
0: lot. I mean, we talked it up a lot. I hope it's as good as we think it was. I
3: mean, it is. I I have no doubt. It is.
0: Enjoy. So today we are super excited to have Xavier Tagpa. He's a trauma-informed transformational life coach. He's a shadow work facilitator, an intuitive healer, and an emotional alchemist. He firmly believes that personal freedom can only be achieved when we allow ourselves to welcome the wisdom hidden within every emotional state, whether good or bad. Thank you so much for being here, Xavier.
1: My pleasure, Vanessa. Um, You know, It really feels good to be here. It really feels good to just like witness you both witnessing me um, as we are getting ready for this conversation. Um, And this may sound weird, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, The potential for the conversation feels really beautiful and I'm just willing to let it flow where it needs to flow. So I'm grateful to be here.
3: I love it. Oh, I am so excited already and <laughs> Xavier, I had to tell you um you've become like my favorite social media account. Every really? single oh my gosh, every single thing that you post, I just feel like you are just such a beautiful channel from source and it feels like you are speaking to my soul through your writing and every day whatever you're putting out, I'm just I, I'm so moved by. Um I would really love to know how you came to be this person and, you know, doing the work that you're doing in the world. So if you wouldn't mind giving us just a little bit of your background and your story.
1: Background, where do I start? Um, (laughs) I was born and raised in Cameroon, Central Africa. My parents are, my dad is from West Africa and he met my mom in Cameroon, decided to stay there. So I was born and raised there until I was 24. Um, Graduated from my masters in statistics and economics and got a scholarship to go to Canada and have her you know pursue a phd in economics in in economics um I'm really trying to as we
2: say it, it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like aluminum <laughs> aluminium right versus aluminum
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. so yeah so i came I, I went to canada i came to canada in 2013 and you know, I got this scholarship. I was studying economics. And at some point, in that first year, I just fell out of love with it. And, mm. um, you know, the more you learn about systems, the more you also learn how they might be a disservice. Mm. And then the more you need to make this critical question, to, to answer this critical question, do I want to be a part of just like, you know, teaching this? Because this is where I was going, you know, when you're a PhD, you also teach. And there was a, really just huge wake-up call in that time and I already knew I already felt it way before but I was just ignoring it but the wake-up call was like how do you choose to be of service is it true this or is there more and the obvious answer was there is more and now you have no excuse Mm -hmm. you have no excuse to keep doing what you've been doing so Mm -hmm very often people call it the dark night of the soul this is what happened there i love to call it that night of the ego because mm. i don't know if the soul has a dark night mm. um and in my opinion we also we we get to places where the conditioning that we've been operating from stops serving us and it starts crumbling so in my opinion it's really a dark night to the con- conditioning and dark night to the ego and that's what i went through but i had no concept about a lot of things i was already spiritually inclined so i was reading books from these you know spiritual teachers um the wayne dyers the louise hayes you know um all these buddhist teachers and zen masters as well but when there is emotional turmoil It's like these spiritual principles, very often, what they helped me do at that time was just to fly above the pain. Mm -hmm. And this is how I coped for a long time. So I just stayed there. And all the the emotional awareness and all this work, I really had no concept of. And Mm -hmm. it came to a point where I just couldn't fly above it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, when you decide to, for someone like me that came from Africa, you decide to drop all of this, your family invested to get you across the ocean for a PhD and you decide to drop it, you break some hearts. And this is what I did. So there was abandonment, there was betrayal, they felt betrayed, Um, they felt hurt. I felt hurt by myself, I felt stupid um lost a lot of friends felt isolated and at the same time I had the option to be like okay do I want to go back home and I wasn't welcomed home Mm -hmm. so there was that moment of like feeling disowned literally um you know being told um figure your shit out you know so it just brought me into that space of like okay I I, I need to learn how to swim here Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna drown um so that's the background that's what led me that's what really propelled me onto this path
3: and i love that you speak to you know, that there are these spiritual principles that we can have an awareness of and we can sort of logically wrap our head around. And then when we get in these moments of the muck and the inevitable, um, I love that you call it the dark night of the ego. I've never heard anyone speak to it in that way before but I think that's so true um, that we need to do a little bit of deeper work, something different. Um, Vanessa and I come from a background in depth psychology. So shadow work is a lot of the work that, you know we sort of like flag the flag, <laughs> flag the flag around. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about your introduction to shadow work?
1: My introduction to shadow work was actually I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. Like I really had no concept. Mm. I didn't know what I was doing. I had these moments of just like uh, because there were a lot of things that happened all at once. Uh, breaking up from a five-year relationship, breaking up with parents, breaking up with brothers that were like, "You go, you're going crazy, you nuts." Mm feeling totally abandoned and all of this bringing up things that you didn't even, I didn't even know there a deep shame a deep sadness I didn't know how to be with sadness Mm -hmm. like I used to convert it into anger right away like who the hell do they think they are to you know just treat me that way and you know they're saying they are Christians they are full of shit and blah 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 you know and the the very mistake you make or the very decision the very first decision you make that they don't agree with and boom you're out the window Mm -hmm. you know um so I used to turn it into a lot of anger And then I would have these moments of just like heart swelling. And for some reason, I would just surrender. Mm -hmm. I would surrender to the feeling and be like, what is going to happen if I do lean in, if I lean in there, it wasn't conscious at first. And what I would notice were these moments of just like, at some point I feel like the feeling is just going to crush me. And then the next minute I can breathe more deeply.
2: Mm -hmm. I didn't
1: know what was happening. And I was just allowing myself to go in there, to go in there, to cry and scream for like a minute and a half, usually outside of my apartment, because I don't want my neighbors to start (laughs) start asking themselves what's going on with me. You know, I was in a one bedroom apartment with one bathroom. So, you know, people can hear what is going on in your place. So I would do that outside and just lay there on the floor and then boom, you feel better. And I decided to begin to learn about, you know, I came across modalities, EFT, and trying to understand conceptually, working with emotions and also working with your body a little bit more somatically. Um, And I came across teachers, they were just like, so how have you been working through this? You've been working through this alone? I would say, yes, I've been working through this alone. And they would ask me what I was doing when all this abandonment and everything came forth. I'll just be like, what I found out, if I just allow myself to be in it, I do nothing. I just be in it. At some point, just like magic, it lifts a little bit and I can breathe. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you're actually practicing being with your pain and being with your shadows and not pushing away Mm -hmm. and this is when I started opening more books you know Mm -hmm. um, and learning more about shadow work and really understanding okay what is the concept here Mm -hmm. so that was the initiation just me not finding and I could I didn't have another escape at that point and I was so broke I was here on scholarship first and the first job that I got because I needed to pay my bills, it was a dishwashing job. So I was so broke, I couldn't afford like any professional support. So I was just like reading, getting on the internet and seeing what I can do. Um, for the first time when I was able to just like have someone be, being a soundboard and just like listening, this is when they were like, okay, it seems like you're practicing actually being. Mm -hmm. with your shadow being, with your pain, and this opened a new door to just like exploring what was there. So that was the initiation. That was the beginning stages of me beginning to put concepts behind what I was doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's so powerful to me that I feel like so often when I'm sitting with clients, I describe staying with the discomfort of, you know, I think so often the fear of the suffering is so much bigger than the actual suffering. And so we resist so hard, like going into the pain, the experience. And I love the way that you just sort of viscerally explain what it feels like to be in it, that it is Mm -hmm. this experience of like being in a wave and like noticing that, like, if I just stay with the sensation, the wave passes, right. And it's like ripples and then it goes back down again. And what I think is so powerful about what you said, and I have experienced to be true as well, is that what staying with the wave teaches us is that It it eventually subsides and I'm still here. Which I think is also
0: the fear, right? That I hear so often from clients, which is if I let myself go there, I'm never coming back,
3: Mm -hmm. right? If I
0: let myself start crying, I'm never going to stop crying. Like there's this fear that if I allow myself to touch it at all, I'm never getting out Mm -hmm. of it alive.
1: Yes. And, you know, that was, I am I a little bit fast forwarded here because, you know, all of this happens 2014, you know, 2015, I'm still in deep resistance. Mm. you know I'm like 2014 2015 I'm still in deep resistance mm. towards the end of 2015 it's actually where it starts to hit it to hit mm. me um that I just cannot escape this anymore it's like I've I was a good runner like a really really good runner um but the thought of disconnecting from it because you come to that point where you know it feels like you are given a choice between dissociating
2: mm-hmm.
1: and diving in there Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like to me it's like I either I I had two choices I would either dissociate and just like tap out or just be with it dissociating trying out that numbness living in that numbness I experienced it for a little while that's not a life that I wanted to live Mm. you know being in that place of numbness being in the and I'm so glad that I was so I was such in a space where I wasn't introduced to any sort of like numbing medication to anything like that. So I am always so grateful for it Mm. that I was just like, and I didn't know, but I just didn't know about it, you know? (laughs) So I'm grateful for it that I was just like kind of forced to be with it.
3: Mm.
0: I have to ask what, like on the other side of this now, what is your, and I don't know if this is maybe too personal. I hope not. What's your relationship with your family? Like now, I mean, have you any like reconciled at all? Because, you know, one of my curiosities, especially not being from the, whether it's America or Canada, you know, being from Africa, like I'm always curious as a person of color being in this quote unquote wellness world. Right. Which I think for the most part has become pretty whitewashed, at least in social media, what that's like for you, you know, what your experience has been. And especially in family, and I now I know yeah. what that was like in the beginning, but I'm curious kind of what it's like, like now.
1: Right now, it has shifted tremendously. Um, the, the, the real confession is they don't understand the work that I do, mm-hmm. they, and I don't think they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, no one ever fully asks, I can't blame them fully because I need to take responsibility for a few things here. <laughs> I have tried so many things in between. I have tried so many endeavors. I have started businesses and closed them, a gym and closed it, um, network marketing and dropped it. Um, So many things. So at some point, I understand it was hard to keep up with everything that I was doing. The relationship itself um, felt more open. We went through at least two years of not just talking never having like conversations not calling on birthdays um you know not me not attending weddings Mm -hmm. um so so this is what it came down to um 2018 was a big reconciliation I Mm -hmm. have to say um, and, uh, one of the messages that was still to this day will still stay with me. And I took screenshots, I printed it, my dad sending me a message. He was like, you know, I never truly understood how to work with the sensitivities and the specific needs of six children. So if I hurt yeah. you in any way, I'm sorry. And he sent me that message. My heart could hardly take it in.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. Um. So that was that was just like a beautiful closure that I didn't expect. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. And um, mm-hmm. so that's the first thing that happened. That was the biggest, the biggest kind of like healing point for me. Um, on top of everything that I was already doing and also my mother being and it's I know they talk a lot they they've been through a lot of shit together and they are still together and um, the next day she sends me a message she's like you know I understand that you don't belong to us that we just you know something along the lines of like I was chosen to bring you here and that's it I these kind parents. of admire, Maya, Maya oh Angelou thing she was like <laughs> I liberate you oh mm. she was like I liberate you and I'm here for you some something like this and this week was just like a cloud some, some some clouds lifted they still don't get fully and they are afraid of all these spiritual things that I'm into because they are deeply Christians mm. and I respect it um and I understand it they're afraid when you talk about meditation they will they they will be like okay you know what I love Jesus and blah 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 this is my concept I like being here Mm
2: -hmm. I love
1: you too we can Mm -hmm. have a relationship in this space and Mm -hmm. that's okay for us Mm -hmm. and I understood that so this is what it turned into my brothers and I we have a moral open communication kind of like relationship if they want to know what I'm doing I'll tell them they see me online and stuff but my parents they'll be like hey um, we still love you but these beliefs that you into they scare us so as long as you are okay your family is okay we kind of have some degree of access we can see your grandchildren that's okay for us so this is the, the status quo of the relationship at the moment
0: that's amazing though. I mean, I, I will say even having the point where somebody can actually say to you, "I don't understand it, it scares me, this is where I stand. I still love you, let's leave it there. Like even getting to that conversation feels yeah. kind of immense to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I've no, ever had that kind of conversation me, yeah. with my like my mother, you know I, I yeah. think it's an unspoken, but sometimes that unspoken, it's not an understanding it's it's more of just like a, we just don't talk right like yeah. just <laughs> just don't talk yes. about it
1: yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: so um that's where that's where the relationship is and I'm to totally this, it's like it stayed in that space of like not addressing things but um fortunately enough I come from a family where they are not afraid of speaking how they feel and mm. this is also a reason why the pain was so deep because they were just like hurt and their voice being hurt mm. at the beginning and um, I was also at that space where I was like, okay, fuck you, um, you know, so it was a real nasty kind of fight, yeah. Um but also once every everyone took some time to work through and i also understand that i was holding on to a lot of the rage in the constellation of the family as i allowed myself to go there to really feel through them it's weird just a few weeks after i received these messages you know i received these messages mm-hmm. and um, yeah that's can you speak more
0: to that Xavier because I want people to to hear your I I love what you just said about when I realized that I was holding on to so much of the rage in the family constellation because I know Danae and I probably have an idea of what you're referring to but I want I would love for you to speak more to that concept
1: well what I realized is you know I I, I was already aware of some dynamics um in the family It, it and I and I didn't have again concepts and even words to describe what was going on it's mm-hmm. like when I what when I had moments of like deep sadness and I'm here across the ocean like we're not together mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on in my life well I would have moments of deep sadness some some weirdly enough that day or the day after I would receive a moment a message from a brother a message from my mom a message from my dad mm-hmm.
2: that,
1: like hey I was just thinking about you um you know even though the the the, the relationship wasn't yet uh, on good terms. Mm-hmm. And when I would have these moments of like joy and happiness and all of this, I would still receive some sort of hint from them, a message from them. Um, we were still on not good terms at all. A message of just like, you know, I was just thinking about you. Um, I know we're not good, but I was just, I felt like sending a prayer for you, mm-hmm. whatever, from my mother, for example. And what I realized, um, I, I don't have the, 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 the book in my head, it was just in a family constellation, meaning, you know, we are rep- there is like, and there are energetic links that are holding us kind of together, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of cycles that are alive within the, the whole family. Yes. And what I realized, I was the anchor in the family of like deep anger and rage Mm. I was angry about a lot of things I was angry about the fact that my mom was the the most removed of our parents you know she was like she had a hard time doing the nurturing really hard and that's also because of trauma that she went through but she she couldn't nurture and she would love you and you would know that this woman loves me but the comforting she couldn't give it to you and I was really deeply angry about it my dad for some reason he showed up as that kind of not only protector but also he was he would want to protect you so much that he would kind of squish you mm-hmm. um, there are things that I didn't learn mm-hmm. um, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know how to ride a bike until I was 25 So this is me in Canada, a grown up man and buying my first bicycle, (laughs) going to the park and like falling and, you know, kids making fun of me and us learning together, swimming, things like that. So he was that kind of like dragon protector. Like I don't want these kids to get hurt. So I was also holding onto a lot of anger and rage because he wouldn't let us experience life. Mm. He wanted to shelter us from every single thing. And when I decided to let go of the PhD because it's something that I decided to do, not really for myself, but because of him as well. When I decided to do one thing for myself for the first time ever, I received again all of this. so I was really angry, allowing myself to learn how to hold that anger and to purge all the anger that was just like in my system from all these years. It is weird as I say this, but it feels like it liberated them. It feels like it created the openness for them to be able to see me and to be like, hey, I never truly understood how to, like, raise a sensitive boy. I'm sorry. And my mom Mm -hmm. saying, like, I understand you don't belong to me. And we've been putting all these massive expectations on you. I just hope you you know you consider it's it's really important to take care of yourself and blah 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 so this happened right after so what I noticed me being able to hold not only space for the anger and to allow all of this to move through and the rage it created more intimacy to some degree between between us so that's I don't know if this is a better way of explaining it but this yeah. is what I have at the moment
3: yeah, I think Powerful. that's so beautiful and mm-hmm. I mean, first of all there's so much about your <laughs> I feel like such a kindred spirit as I listen to you as the the black sheep that sort of like wandered from like job to job and thing to thing in my family where everyone was like oh whatever Danae is doing but um you know, I always think it's so interesting to hold through sort of the psychology and clinical lens which Vanessa and I would speak to that in terms of family systems and yes. we often talk about how like the black sheep in the family is the person yeah. that is sort of attempting to get the family to look at the maladaptive behaviors that nobody's talking about right yes. and you know from a spiritual perspective as i feel like you're speaking to it that becomes like this constellation was actually perfect because yeah. there's generational ways of being that yeah. we are called to heal and Xavier sort of like shows up and becomes the catalyst for us to go inward because yeah. the pain of not being able to access our child and understand him and know that we are causing him pain in you know yeah. mm-hmm. the distance and the disconnect makes you know I I like can feel each of your parents and I'm so moved by what they said to you. I, I'm just like yeah. it's making me cry because to say I didn't know um, how to be sensitive to as many children as I had and how to be present with them. That speaks to how much your dad had to go inward to like, to look at that, you know, and your mom, oh my gosh. And, and just your mom saying, you know, you're not mine that you came through me, but you don't belong to me. I feel like what we all long for from our families is just to feel seen, you know, in Mm. our essence. And beyond that, all of the other stuff, all of the other conversations, to me, sort of become like not that relevant, you know? Um, There's just such an understanding of like, they really went inside to try to understand, you know? Yeah.
1: Yes, and uh, um, they almost had to. And it it was really beautiful. It, I have to say that moment was, I'm sorry, that moment was equally traumatic for, not only for me, but also for them. Yes. Um, because we were really a cocoon as a family, you know, family where um, they did the best they could. We grew up in a place that wasn't that safe, you know, we grew up in that environment and they did the best they could. To so, okay, send you to school and do you know, really bring us to that space where we could excel and really meet opportunities. They really did well in that way. Mm. And uh, um, so it felt like a hard breakup. And at the same time, I was that I was a poker kind of like hey you're (laughs) teaching me all these spiritual principles Mm. you know how does that work here how does that work here I'm sorry I like disappointed you but how does that work here that suddenly I'm disowned from the family Mm. it is not coherent so I would call out all these things. And from anger, I was angry. And I was like, this is bullshit. You flip shit with what you've been teaching me. If you're gonna show up this way, then it makes sense that we just part ways.
0: But isn't it so Uh, interesting, I mean, what you said in the beginning about economics, right? About this idea that the more that you learn about systems, I actually wrote this down the more you realize where they don't work.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: And it's like, you were actually like, yes, you ended up on the spiritual path, but this is kind of like me having a 10 year career in like marketing and advertising. I don't look at it as time wasted. Like there's so much about that experience that has perfectly unfolded and woven into who I am and what I do now, right? And when Absolutely. you said that, when you were talking about economics, like that feels like exactly what was happening <laughs> in those moments yes. where you're poking at your parents' systems being like, but wait a second, <laughs> but wait a
2: second, right?
1: Yeah. And um, you know, one thing that was really hard is I was actually learning the verbiage. I was learning about all of these things and I'm just like, yeah, incoherent, 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 mm-hmm. like um, I, here, I get you love me, but at the same time, you're acting in a way um, mm. that is truly not coherent with what you thought me, the mm. kind of Christianity that you transmitted to me, or the, yeah. the, the spiritual values that you gave to me, so it was really a solo journey for a long time, mm. and I'm um, just learning how to how to hold myself, mm-hmm. you know, until I was actually able to be held by others, whether it's therapy, whether it's like um, a spiritual teachers or guides later, this only came for me later as I was able to literally just afford it because I was in a yeah. space where it wasn't a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, this was a very intense part of the journey. Mm.
3: You know, So we're talking about systems a little bit, and while we have you, I would love to hear your thoughts on this moment in history, because I sort of believe that we are at sort of a breaking point with systems that Mm -hmm. aren't working, and, you know, like us really sort of realizing that we need to create a new paradigm and a new way of existing as a human race, and um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I feel like I have a sense as I, like, read your posts daily, but would you speak to that a little bit?
1: There is something that's really beautiful, you know, and um, I, I'm i going to speak from a spiritual perspective and I'm going to speak from a like more eventually psychological and even factual perspective. Mm-hmm. First thing is, in my opinion, put human beings in a place where they are forced to be with themselves and they will look inside. Mm-hmm. I, it's, It is my personal belief that we are primed for it. It's my personal belief that it is kind of like ingrained in the fabric of human beings, kind of like, what am I made of? Mm -hmm. What am I made of? And that Mm -hmm. simple question of like, what am I made of? What am I doing here? Why? 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 is inviting something, the awareness of the human being, Mm -hmm. that awareness of the human being in spaces where awareness was was never brought before. And that simple fact, that simple fact, Mm -hmm. the simple fact that you can look if we're going to use a model of quantum physics, I can, you can look at a wave and it collapses into a particle. And the simple fact that you are observing it gets it to collapse into a particle, nothing else, which is something that's already proven. It is telling. So as you get more human beings to look at their, their inner world, to sit with themselves, you force them into lockdowns. You force them into um you know isolation and i'm aware of all the psychological damages of like putting people in such a space Mm -hmm. but i'm also aware of what it creates it gets them to connect with a part of them that was already in lockdown and that part of them is more of that kind of soul perspective higher self perspective a part of them that is here for a specific reason which is just to raise the way we are connecting to each other just to make things better so i'm just gonna this in my opinion is what has been going underneath underneath everything that has been happening and you and what we will see the external manifestation of that in my opinion has been systems being questioned Mm -hmm. systems being questioned you're gonna see whether it's just like almost everything like systems of governance um justice systems um um equality systems even the gender balance like everything is being questioned Mm -hmm. people are just like hey something hasn't been working right we don't know yet what it looks like you know what that ideal thing looks like but something hasn't been working and it's time we we'll look into it on a deeper level this is the kind of background uh, kind of like you know um, understanding of what I can see mm. in the in the collective unfolding at the moment
0: I was going to bring up alchemy because I know it's also a topic that you, that you you speak to a lot and, and are passionate about and I think what people I don't want to say people don't understand but that sounds maybe a little harsh but um, to what you're saying about we're all very aware of the the kind of negative psychological effects and the things that have happened that you know have not been all that great that's come out of this and the process of alchemy actually does require pain And it requires a squeezing and it requires like a milking and it requires a fundamental biological chemical, right? Like particle change at like a molecular level. And that doesn't happen without that, um, that discomfort and that pain. And so you can't actually have this process that we're now in, which is the questioning of the systems and all of these things without having gone through that. I mean, that is alchemical change, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, and, um, um, I this is gonna be this is gonna sound on a spiritual spectrum and um very often and this is something that my grandmother used to tell me the, the reason why the devils the the the, the devil hides this mm. is what she would say is because the awareness of the human being carries light mm. and what she was trying to mean by that was like everything that hasn't been working all the the things about our society that hasn't that are not really working they need to be in the shadows Mm -hmm. because the same we are biased that's what she was saying I'm just going to take his her words here she's like we are biased in love Mm -hmm. like the awareness the heart of a human being is biased for love Mm -hmm. it's like Like the whole system is biased for love and all these different places where awareness is not present are the only ways, you know, things remain the same. So what I noticed is we are navigating a time of deep revelation, Mm -hmm. just like revelation and things coming to the surface and things coming to the surface. And one of the most powerful things that any human being in this now moment, in my opinion, can do is allowing themselves to see fully what is unfolding, allowing themselves to practice keeping the heart open as they see, as they feel, as we witness all these paradigms of consciousness that mm. were already there, that were just not working for us and that we weren't fully aware of. And now we see it in full sight. We see it so clearly yeah. as we are observing all of this to make a choice informed, you know, in love, to make a new choice um, that is anchored in that perspective of love. What is the highest choice that I can make now that I'm aware of this? What is the highest choice, the highest informed choice in love and compassion that I can make now that I'm, in, now that I'm aware of all of this? And just the simple fact of whether it's inside and also in the collective, observing and allowing ourselves to be present with the full experience, And not shutting down, which is emotionally challenging and emotionally just like demanding. Exhausting sometimes. (laughs) Exhausting. You know, allowing ourselves to do that, honestly, I believe it is the most beautiful thing that we can do in in this now moment to help the collective, to help the systems move where they need to move. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, we are navigating a world that is become where the new currency, and I keep saying that over and over, is becoming compassion. In mm. my opinion, the systems that are compassionate, the businesses that are going to demonstrate compassion, the workplaces that are going to learn how to demonstrate compassion, all the different places that will align with the paradigm of compassion are the strong one that will stay. Mm-hmm. And um the other systems of just like ostracizing, fear-mongering, or just like you know, discriminating, it is hard for me to see how long term with the shift that is unfolding, with so many more human beings becoming aware of like, hey I need to dive in. Mm-hmm. I need to put my inner world and in to set my spiritual emotions no psychological mental world you know in order it is really hard for me to see how the same systems of just like fear oppression and all of this are going to stay in place so i'm a, i'm a, i'm very optimistic
3: i was just gonna and say I-, I
0: love your optimism i'm gonna like suck it in every time i need a little shot i'm yeah. gonna go back and re-listen to this conversation i
3: i'm I'm right there with you brother and I feel like it is the most exciting time to be alive because I feel like we are witnessing a new earth coming to fruition before our very eyes like it makes me cry as I'm listening to you um, it's it's so beautiful and it's so exciting um, I love it <laughs> I that's love really it amazing so yeah yeah
1: you know and it's like in my opinion we are learning how to hold a polarity mm mm-hmm in the heart you know um, um on one end you know some people can be in this paradigm of like the world is doomed you know people you, you're gonna hear people well this is the apocalypse and we doomed we there's nothing good that will come out of here which is the perspective it's one end of the polarity yeah. and being able to open the heart to really witness all of this not to shut down this this is we are leaning into a new paradigm of shifting consciousness Mm -hmm. which is we are leaning from we are stepping out of the paradigm of fighting and just like opposing the consciousness of war in my opinion we are really stepping out of the consciousness of war Mm. Um, because in my opinion more humans are becoming aware of the fact that We've had one on drugs, one on this, one on that, one on this other thing. And none of it really, really deeply worked mm-hmm. because the energy that we are investing in opposing these paradigms are feeding these paradigms. And many people are becoming aware of that. And many people are just like, we're going to witness this. We're going to open the heart enough to feel everything that comes up as I become aware of this. And now I'm going to make a new informed choice biased in love, a new informed choice that honors what I would like to create. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to look. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to see. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to feel everything. And I'm going to witness all the shadows that it brings within me as I observe all of this, as I observe people feeling the vibe about issues like vaccines, like COVID, like races, like everything that's unfolding. I'm not going to run. I'm going to look. And as I look, I'm going to do the best I can to witness everything that comes up within me and practice Mm -hmm. for the first time ever holding these parts of me that I didn't even know existed. And as I learn how to hold these parts of me in compassion, I'm going to shift my baseline to a new one where I'm going to signal to the universe, to spirit, to God, whatever, and I'm available for a new way of being human, which is Mm. rooted in love and compassion. In my opinion, collectively, this is the work that we are invited to do. And the the mental component of being able to hold yourself, be present with yourself, um, allowing yourself to just like compassionately hold your pain because this brings up a lot of divide. It brings within families, I hear people all the time. like my parents won't talk to me anymore because I decided to do this instead of that, you know, my partner and I broke up because my partner wants this and I want this or you know we are going through all of that. like families are getting separated on political opinions, on medical opinions this is what we are is unfolding at the moment but the more we learn how to hold the polarity of everything that's unfolding outside the more we can be in this space where you know what i don't agree which is a approval, in my opinion is is a an attribute of the ego i don't agree with what you choose to do i don't agree with that and i'm not going to deny that i don't agree with that and at the same time, I can lean into a, an attribute of the soul, which in my opinion is acceptance, which is it just is. Mm. It just is. It just is. And yet in this space, love can still exist. Mm-hmm. You know, in and, and like we in my opinion, we're transcending the belief identity, and so many things have been transcended. Anyways, this is how I I see everything that's unfolding at the moment.
3: Take me to church. I (laughs) I feel like I'm there. (laughs) He does, right? Yes. And I I love what you said about the currency of compassion, because to me, that is what it continuously comes back to. I feel like what I, I talk with clients about and so much of what I attempt to practice in my own life is looking for the fear that is present um, in these moments of divide and meeting that with compassion, right? Because it's always about what I'm afraid of. It's always about the wave, like you were speaking to, that I'm afraid is going to take me down if I stay with it. And can I see that this person is afraid? And when someone's afraid, that normally, like we don't want to meet someone's fear with like vitriol and anger. We feel compassion for people when they're afraid. And that's what it always is, you know? Yes. Yeah, and you said
0: something which was really interesting, which was like, and I don't remember the exact word that you said, but you said that when you continue to deny or to, you know, push against, you're feeding the same thing. You're feeding mm. the thing that you're trying to push against. You're feeding the thing you're trying to deny, yes. right? You have to have compassion and acceptance in order for it actually to come to light, for us to be able to process and integrate and to work through. Otherwise, we're just feeding the same system over and over again.
1: Mm. Yeah. So this is what my awareness of the last 18 months and um, everything that has been unfolding has been. And um, it is the way I see things, there is an undercurrent. There is this wave that I I feel it as a tide that is not Mm. yet visible because it's not fully covered. Mm. You know, the media has no interest in showing how um, um, human consciousness is shifting at the moment right. um this is not what we see outside right. like no one makes money out of telling you how people are able to love love each other more in mm-hmm. this moment but it's like and this can sound i'm just gonna lean into this as you allow yourself to just be in that con- that earth consciousness it feels like an earth consciousness and um i'm just gonna say it as it comes it's like she has spoken yes you know that consciousness of the planet it's like I'm not available for this kind of you know for this kind of things anymore so let's clean up our act you know I always think of human beings like the earth thinking like um extensions of the planet and we are part of you you mentioned that new earth Mm -hmm. meaning that consciousness of the planet that is really rising Mm -hmm. and uh there is every time i think about i talk about it i feel goosebumps all over my body all That's over amazing. my body and it is very clear to me that the balance of dark and light on the planet has been shifted in favor
2: mm-hmm.
1: of light mm-hmm. and when that happens systems that that used to thrive out of fear out of divide out of separation will try to foster fear, divide, and separation just to shut down the ability of tuning into, you know, the innate ability of human beings to harness their own light. Mm. And for the first time ever, in my opinion, we are seeing humanity choosing differently and being like, ah, Mm. no, not today anyway that's how I'm, that's how i'm that's how i'm reading the whole situation and it doesn't mean that it happens without you know um issues without challenges we are of course in the muck and the you know in the like in the in all that apparent darkness we are navigating all of this um it is just so hard not to feel it viscerally for me that we are making new choices we are creating a new paradigm of being human on the planet and i see it every day people liberating themselves and people being like hey i'm not available for this anymore this Mm -hmm. is how i choose to be this is how i choose to be seen in the world anyways Maybe I'm biased, but this is what I choose to
0: say.
3: <laughs> listen, well, maybe we are I'll, too. Otherwise it would be be this conversation. I don't know. I'll take your kind of bias. I, you know, Any listening day. to you feels like soul food. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful you're alive. I'm grateful to be alive at a time when um, we get to have someone like you to listen to. And so thank you for who you are. So I feel like we could listen to you speak all day, but Vanessa and I have a round of questions we ask all of our guests that we'd love to get yeah. into with you. Um, yeah. So who have been your greatest teachers, your uh, mentors, influences, whether they're people that you've met along your journey or even just like learned from in their teachings?
1: Honestly, looking backwards, um, and this will sound so cliche, but appreciating the demand the, the and um I'm going to say two. Um, it, it even feels weird to say it out loud. Mary Magdalene and Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm going to own it. I'm going to That's own beautiful. it because um, I was born into a Christian family. And um, I disowned religion and Christianity out of rage and anger and stuff. I don't consider myself religious at the moment. Um, but learning and teaching and understanding shadow work. And there is something that often feels very true to me, which is um, Jesus in the desert facing the devil was doing shadow work. And that was just Mm -hmm. like, that feels like something very true to me. When I look back, when I look back at the story of Mary Magdalene um, and everything that just, that just, we know we've been finding out lately about the story of the two, um, it's just very clear to me um, that they were really ahead of their time. And um, mm. I have a huge level of just respect for the the humans that they were, um, not the not what we turned them into, which is like divinities and stuff, but the humans that decided, hey, I'm going to take ownership of this light that is available to me right now in a time where consciousness was nowhere near. Um, that's, you know... Uh, was nowhere near a level of awakening that could potentially hold that kind of light and no wonder he was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, if the story is true, which I believe it is, um, but yeah, that's what I can say. Mm-hmm. I know it's cliche, I'm sorry for the- It's not cliche
0: actually, I, I think it's powerful. and I And I think what it does is actually you putting words to that, I think it gives a lot of people permission to have a similar understanding of their experience or how they feel or what their belief is. Because I think, you know, a lot of us were raised by or raised in a Christian family. Um, And I think a lot, I know I've seen it in my clients. I know I've experienced it myself. There's been a real struggle with very strict ways of needing and having to look at things because I said so, I being whoever that man was that wrote that story, right? Um, and I, I don't think it's fair. I think that we actually all get to have our own relationship and experience of, mm-hmm. and I think what you spoke to is, is really permission granting actually for a lot of people. So I thank appreciate you.
3: that. Yeah, Beautiful. Mm.
0: Um, okay, so our second question, yeah. where do you find yourself in a state of flow? So what do you find yourself doing when you know you blink your eyes and like five, six hours have gone by? Like, what is that for you? What is flow?
1: Flow to me at this moment is singing and movement and it's weird because I don't put that enough out there Mm. but every time I've held some sort of ceremony or breath work and thing um, people have reflected that to me they're like oh this aspect of you needs to be seen more Mm. but it's something that has been very intimate so far Um, it feels very intuitive um, that singing it, it usually goes from humming to chanting and Um, and movement Mm -hmm. so this is a deep place of flow a place where it just feels like i give permission to a little boy to just be his Mm. own weird self yes and um yeah Yeah. that's what i can say um intuitive movement and also just singing chanting yeah
3: Yeah. beautiful um so what breaks your heart Ooh.
1: What breaks my heart? um, Something that really breaks my heart is seeing and witnessing people not being seeing other human beings taking from people the ability to express their free choice, Mm -hmm. to express. Any injustice really touches my heart deeply
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because um, there are some things that, in my opinion, are universal. Somebody having permission to agree or disagree with something, in my opinion, is universal. Somebody having the free choice honored is in my opinion universal and even when i don't agree especially when i don't agree and i know myself for it sometimes i have this moment somebody's going to express the opinion it's going to feel like i'm being punched in the heart and i'm like okay you mm-hmm. got to practice your own beliefs here and just allow it and hold it as long as it doesn't breach your it doesn't breach your own boundaries mm. um But really, um, witnessing injustice um, is something that really breaks my heart. The other things, true heartbreak and relationship things, um, I would have said that several years ago. And I've gone through like so many years of being on my own and being rejected and learning how to just hold myself in there that I would say, okay, I can take that one. Mm -hmm. But seeing people, seeing people Having their what they consider the truth, mm-hmm. what they consider um, their integrity being breached, what it's physically, what is it's mentally, what is being gas, um, gaslighted, or some people say gaslit. I don't know what is the right way to <laughs> say um, But yeah, this is really hard to take in. Mm. Oh.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, and the last question. What is your favorite
1: food? My favorite food, plantains. Oh, Oh,
0: I haven't gotten that one yet. And I love
3: plantains. (laughs) I didn't even skip a beat.
1: Plantains, you know, Um, yep, there is... Uh, it, I have no you know there are things that you, you don't you don't have a reason why but it just it just is so plain <laughs> change period
3: just like that it good. I love it Absolutely. well you know Xavier <laughs> yeah. um you are an absolute treasure I am so grateful to have found you I think you're like one of the beautiful things about social media is it sort of mm. like puts you in contact connection with people who just really enrich your life in such beautiful ways. And I know you have done that for me and you were doing it for so many so people. Many. Thank you for the way you're showing up in the world. I truly appreciate you. And I really appreciate you coming and sharing your gifts with us. It truly means so much to me.
1: Oh, the name is Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed, like, I didn't see that, um, you know, we already, and now we're in this conversation and or maybe maybe more. I don't know. Um <laughs> I lost it. track of time, but um, <laughs> I really enjoyed every single minute mm. that I got to spend with, to spend with you. Thank you for doing this. And um, yeah, it's a deep honor to be here with you all. Oh,
3: thank, thank you. you so much. Um, where can people find you if they want more, as I know they will after if this, they want this more, conversation?
1: Um they can find me on Instagram, um Xavier.dadva. They can find me on Instagram, they can find me on my website, XavierDadva. Those are the places where I hang out or they can look me up on other social media. Um, the same two names, you're going to find me. Um, but yeah, thank you again. Oh,
3: thank Thanks so you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett. And at Danae Logan-Selkin. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.